Penn State plays Indiana this Saturday at Beaver Stadium, so we're bringing an expert to tell us more about the Indiana Hoosiers, the team that upset Penn State last year and are trying to do the same this weekend during the Penn State stripeout. And to do that, to get more information on the team, we've brought in Dustin Dopiric. He covers Indiana Athletics for the Indy Star and the Bloomington Times-Herald. Uh, Dustin, thanks so much for taking time to me, for me today. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, and you were saying before, you're a Penn State alum, so you're very familiar with the team and the area, and this is going to be a bit of a homecoming for you, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's been a bit since I've been back, probably I know I, at least a couple years for a basketball game. I probably haven't been in Beaver Stadium since 2013, 2012, somewhere in that regard. But yeah, uh, 2004 Penn State graduate, covered the uh, 2002 Penn State football team uh, at the Daily Collegiate, so the Larry Johnson 2,000-yard season. Uh, got to cover that with, with Chris Corman and Jeff France. was uh, time of my life on that beat, a, a heck of a year. Loved Penn State, loved all my time there. Didn't see a lot of good football, but that year there was at least a little bit. <laughs> well, just to let you know, I don't think, at least at least for Beaver Stadium's part, it hasn't changed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, downtown will I look like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> downtown looks completely different now. But, you know, Beaver Stadium will look yeah, the same until that. it falls into the ground. So that's that's always nice. No, absolutely. It's the, it's the old director set. Yeah, exactly. That's That was Jeff Rice's word for it, which I always thought was funny. It's just, yeah, it's all of that exposed steel and everything like that. It's going to be Beaver Stadium. And it'll be have a ton of people in there. And it'll, you know, it's still one of the funnest places in uh, in college football to watch a game. Yeah, and and the press box still sways. It still is uh, yeah. feels unstable when you're up there. Or, you know, that's exactly. the, that's how it's designed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they tell you, right? Just yeah. feel safe up there. Just just don't worry about it. No big deal. So let's get into the team a little bit. Uh, obviously, starting with the quarterback and the guy that, um, you know, was the engine for what Indiana did last year in their pretty impressive season where they were able to finish second in the Big Ten East and upset a lot of teams along the way. He uh, tore his ACL at the end of last season. Can you take us through his rehab and his journey through that and into this year and how he's been playing so far. Yeah, no, uh, he, I think he was finished with rehab by about July. Uh, so by, by all accounts that went well. I mean, he, he was sort of always on schedule, if you will. Um, and we, you know, we would get updates, but obviously he wasn't a part of spring practice. Uh, but you know, whenever we were able to ask him about it, basically he always told, told us it was going well, that, that he was going to be, you know, that he was going to be good by the open. Um, you know, never said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good now necessarily. It wasn't like, uh, when we talked to him at big 10 media day, he wasn't willing to say, well, I'm hundred percent. He was willing to say I'm hundred percent by the over. Um, that was sort of always his goal. And generally it seems like physically he is, I, I don't feel like for, for the issues that he's had so far and he's, he's had several, uh, not much of it seemed to be physical, uh, to me. It doesn't seem like he's gimpy, uh, but it did seem like for a while, it, it, it took him a while just to get used to playing football again. And, and mm-hmm. you got to remember, it wasn't just, you know, he, he had this ACL tear, but this was his third season ending injury in three seasons. And in yeah. all of those years, it was one hit and you're done. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't nagging stuff that maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't come back. It was, you know, a hit and, you know, or a hit or, or a miss, you know, a non-contact thing or whatever ends your season it's over uh basically one play and you're done so it seemed to take him a minute to get that you know just just get right mentally with that fact and it's not necessarily something that that he thought consciously that was really going through his mind but it was just you know you got to think of all of that and they protected him in uh and they protect every quarterback in in fall camp but you know they were particularly uh you know the, the way he he phrased it was you know coach allen's got a quick whistle so if anyone's anywhere near him they were you know 
they were blowing the whistle. That was it. You know, no one was going to come close. They weren't chancing an accident. So what that really means is at the end of the day, like he wasn't around a lot of bodies uh, that, right. that could possibly, you know, you know, you're not going to get hit, but he wasn't even played around with to a point where he had to feel nervous. So all of a sudden Iowa happens and, you know, he's just for the first time since the Maryland injury, you know, being around guys who might hit him again. It's like, okay, like that, that took him a moment and you could just sort of see that, you know, he wasn't totally confident. They also had an injury on, on the offensive line that week, their left tackle, Luke Haggard. Um, you know, I, I don't even know what he had, but he had an injury and he was there. He traveled, but he, they said he was only there for emergency purposes. Basically, he was highly unlikely to play even when he went there. Um, so that shook up their line. Basically, they, they had guys, you know, Matt Bedford was supposed to move to right guard. and Now he's at right guard. You know, but he was back at tackle and Caleb Jones was at left tackle after being at right tackle all camp. So everything was shook up. And I think it, it, it just it played on him. And you throw in the fact that they're down 14 nothing right out of the gate. You know, the first pick that he threw in that game was off of DJ Matthews shoulder pads. It wasn't a good pass, but it wasn't at somebody to get picked off. It popped up in the air. Uh, what's his name? Riley Marsh is right there, takes it back. All of a sudden, they're down 14 nothing. It's a minute and a half. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, what's this? And he was just never right all that day. I don't think, you know, the the, uh, the Idaho game, he really didn't even – the issue, I think, with it was, was that the way they scored their points in the Idaho game, they had a block punt, they had a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, it, by the time, you know, he, he got, I think, two drives, but he never really got a chance to get a rhythm because they'd really blown out Idaho out in other ways before the offense really got to have one of those days where they remind themselves what it's like to go score 50 or 60. And a lot of those just weren't his. So you get to Cincinnati and then he's taking chances when they start falling behind and he's throwing bad picks and whatever. So you finally saw him this week look like himself. You know, he threw for 373 yards against Western Kentucky. It's the first time, I mean, Western Kentucky is not a good defense. I mean, they, they allowed a lot of holes in there. They, they had, they really sat back and gave him the opportunity to pick them apart, you know, just with intermediate routes. They, they did sort of stop some touchdowns. They kind of they were pretty good in the red zone, um, but at least allowed him to a rhythm, rhythm to feel like, Hey, I, I can throw 15 yard outs again. I'm going to complete these passes. So he comes into this week, I think a lot, more confident than he was before. I mean, I think people were really asking a lot of questions, especially in the NFL base, was wondering, should this guy even be the quarterback? Should they make a move to Jack Tuttle, who's a four-star recruit? Wasn't great last year uh, when he had an opportunity to play when, when Penix was hurt in the first place, but was able to game manage well enough and said, well, if you'll take game management rather than six picks in three weeks. Right. Um, but right. I, I think now you're seeing a guy that's much closer to the guy that you saw last season. So that that yeah. is that is kind of an interesting journey and you can see some of that on on the tape as well of there was a very different plan of attack and obviously when you go up against different defenses with different schemes you're gonna have a very different plan versus Iowa than you would against Cincinnati but it did kind of seem like in the Cincinnati game he was even if he was pressing was there more of Michael Penix that we were used to before in that game versus the first two weeks and and kind of projecting forward? Everyone expects a quarterback that's throwing interceptions or not playing well to continue to do so until right. they don't. Uh, yes. So do you, do you think that <laughs> yeah. he has, with, with a month of the season under his belt, do you think that that's the guy that's coming in to Beaver Stadium, the guy that's going to maybe those off-platform throws that he's thrown anyway in his career, do you think he's yeah. going to be more that guy, or do you think he's settled in at this point? I, I mean, I think he's a little settled in. That doesn't mean there won't be an interception. But I think right. um, one thing, you know, Tom Allen said basically, because he, he went from Saturday, you know, it's after the Cincinnati game, game saying, you know, every – 
position is up for competition. You know, like no, no one's set in stone, you know, just because Michael Penix is the quarterback on the depth chart this week, that doesn't mean he's, you know, he's always the quarterback. And then he came in Monday and said, Michael Penix is our quarterback. I have hundred percent faith in him. And so, you know, we, we got him talking about, okay, well, what changed? And, and he said, you know, I, I, I looked at the interceptions and I saw different kinds of interceptions on, you know, week three than I saw in week one. And, and the biggest thing that he said was, I kept saying, seeing a guy that was trying to make a play. And so I think what that really meant was he's saying, I saw something correctable. I saw something that's like, you know, Mike, you you don't have to force it into covers like that. I mean, his, his last two picks against Iowa or against Cincinnati, you know, one, he's basically being dragged down and all of a sudden, basically, you know, he he sees, you know, one of them falls down and he's like, I can make a play and he throws it and he tries to get it over top of somebody, but it doesn't have his legs in it. So it gets, you know, it's low enough to get picked off the uh, so he, he sees that and thinks, um, you know, all right. And that's just a, that's just a guy taking a risk. He doesn't need to take, but that's not something we, we can't get out of him. Not you know, a fundamental problem in, in right, other words, exactly. right? It's, not broken. it's it's a guy, you know, and, and, and Penix said when he interviewed him, he's like, it was a guy trying to make a play. The other time it was, you know, late in the game, you know, uh, fourth quarter, basically they're, they're, they're on third down and he's just trying to keep a drive alive. And it's, you know, they're down by six. He just needs something to keep it going. And he rolls to his left and he's getting flushed. And then he sees, you know, a guy flash open, but he's between two defenders and he tries to throw it in the window and he gets picked off. Now, you know, all you got to say there is Mike, just, just know when the journey's over. That's kind of right. the sentence that they use. Know when the journey is over, know when there's nothing that you're going to be able to do there. And it's better to just take the sack and the drive, punt it away, uh, whatever you get out and you live another day and you don't give up any points. And, and that resonated with him. And I think you saw that against Western Kentucky. You didn't see him force any. I think Penn State fans are very familiar with that particular type and style of quarterback play after last season. Yeah. A reverse image mm-hmm. of what Sean Clifford has been this year of a guy that's been taking care of the football, been uber consistent mm-hmm. and has been making those judicious plays down the field. So that is what Michael Penix was you know, as an accurate quarterback that could thread the needle into some pretty uh, crazy situations. Now, part of the story with him has been so far this season has been the offensive line. You mentioned the fact that the offensive line had some problems to start the year. Now, are are they more back on track? Is that another area that you think this team is back on track? Or are there still some issues remaining from the shuffling they've had to do because of injury? Yeah, I mean, the issue, I mean, they're not a dominant offensive line to start with. Um, so, so that's the thing that I would say, even if they're healthy, even if they're fully functional, you're not talking about one of the best units uh, in the league. Um, I, I think they're okay. Uh, I don't think they're a, a huge trouble spot, but they're not, they're, you know, they're, there's not an all Big Ten player. That, that's one of the few areas where they don't have an all-conference level guy, um, you know, basically at this point. I, I think Matt Bedford uh, is one of those, out, you know, is on the big Outland, Outland Trophy watch list, but, you know, just about everybody's on the, on the watch list. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're just okay. I mean, they're, they're yeah. fine. They didn't run the ball very well last year uh, at all. I mean, I, I think it is a best, much better line now that it is complete, now that it is what they wanted it to be. Um, but that doesn't mean it's dominant. That doesn't mean that they're going to come in and, you know, push Penn State around up front. Uh, I, I don't expect that to be the case. Um, but all the same, they're at least going to be good enough at protecting Penix um, that, you know, it, it is it is not a – you know, it, it's not a sieve of an offensive line at this point. It's a, it's a much better situation um, than you know, than it, than it was in week one. Can they operate the what they want to do? It seems like later in in the season so far, they've been able to protect a little longer to push the ball down the field a little more. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, it has. And again, also part of it was Western Kentucky didn't really. 
um, they either brought it or they didn't. Basically, I think yeah. that was sort of the bit, so that they either brought blitzes or you know they had like two and three man rushes uh, that, that they were you know and, and so there there were cases when Penix could just sit there all day and wait for somebody to get open. Now they were running around like eight guys uh, who were dropping back in coverage, and that's its own issue. So that that I think you know so in that case they were able to do it. Uh, and they've been able to do reasonably well. I mean, Penix hasn't been sacked that much. He has been a couple times. Um, I guess part of it is I'd be interested to see what, what they do against a great D-line. They, they had their moments against Cincinnati. I mean, he didn't get completely crunched. Um, so, you know, um, like I said, they're okay. I mean, they're they're running the ball a little bit better, too. I think Stephen Carr has, has picked up some big chunks. Uh, they haven't sort of he hasn't he hasn't been a home run threat yet uh but he's been able to pick him up at you know 15 20 yard chunks stuff like that and and and, and been given just enough room to do it how, how would you describe Stephen Carr as a runner how would you describe his style um he is he's got a little bit of shiftiness to him he's got some speed he's he's tough he's gritty he's not like the strongest most powerful guy but enough i mean he, he can break tackles he can get through somebody um and he's determined i think just as a player i mean i think um you know obviously he's a usc transfer fifth year guy I mean, he was really one of the best recruits in the country when when usc got him everywhere and, and never thought about going someplace else because he's a california kid um and you know always wanted to stay home always wanted to play there you know worshiped reggie bush when he was a kid and you know between injuries and some other things you know and them just having a bunch of backs uh you know he never was never really the guy um uh, basically mm-hmm. at, at USC and he finally gets that opportunity and um you know I think he knows that okay you know this is an NFL shot this is this is a chance to um you know make a um it basically have an audition you know for the league and this is this is your best shot and he is aware of that and he is you know come in I think just really focused again the, the one thing you still haven't seen yet is the home run if you will that the the play when he gets past the line and just outruns everybody um he's got good speed i don't think he's got overwhelming speed but it's good enough um but i, I you know you, you want to see that moment from him if you're indiana just one play where he gets past everybody and, and no one can catch him and we haven't seen that yet so he leads a skill position conversation at the very least as far as the guys around michael Penix to help that offense go uh, and obviously Penn State fans are familiar with Ty Freifogel and Peyton Hendershot. Uh, has, how has Hendershot changed or gotten better since last season, or how do you view him uh, this year as opposed to last? Well, I mean, one big thing about it was this year he didn't get arrested. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good that's, start. That's, that's, it, it is it is important. I mean, he was arrested, he was suspended, and then you tack COVID onto that. Um, you know, I mean, I think he was saying, you know, he because of the suspension and because of COVID and because of all that, there was a long time, and he also had injuries. So uh, you know, all of that sort of piled on that, that he never got to rehab normally, um, and and all that um, all that makes for a bad year. Um, and and you know, he it was there was a it, it was a domestic issue, so you know, it's not one of those things where you can sit there and feel, you know, all that bad for him. I mean, I, I don't, there, there are specifics. I wasn't around to cover it. Um, but you know, it's, he deserved to get in trouble. Basically. It's one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the bottom line is, 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 is it's, it's a rough deal. And he's, right. he's apologized for it. He's come out and, you know, taken responsibility and said this was wrong. Um, so, you know, like always an awkward thing to talk about, obviously, but you know, right. he, he got in trouble for something that, that, you know, that if you did it, you deserve to get in trouble for it. 
So outside of Hendershot, there's been a couple of issues in the passing game as far as some injuries have affected Indiana so far as well, right? Uh, one last week, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, big one last week. Uh, DJ Matthews, a Florida State transfer, who himself was, uh, I think it was like 52nd recruit in the country, I think, in, in the 2017 class, was um, uh, basically was rated ahead of like Devontae Smith, CeeDee Lamb, and those guys, 5'11. Uh, slot guy, you know, uh, sort of dangerous punt returner, dangerous guy who could sort of was, was really the best uh, on the, you know, guy they had at sort of being able to get behind the defense. I mean, just, just had had a five catch, 120 yard performance uh, against Cincinnati. Um, had a couple key catches in the first drive against Western Kentucky, but then he was fielding a punt. Uh, Western Kentucky, dude, I can't remember his name, but boomed one. Um, just, you know, put a lot more into it, I think, than Matthews was expecting. You know, had to run it down and popped off his shoulder pads. Then he just, you know, fell on it. And when he fell, I guess he tore his ACL. So, I mean, it was a non-contact deal. Um, but uh, but that was the end of it. I mean, you, you knew coming off uh, that, you know, he was done, basically, the way that uh, they carried him off. You could kind of tell that one was serious. So, that that's a big one. I mean, and he was really, I think, just getting used to, to Michael Penix. Michael Penix was just really getting used to him. You could see that there was he they built a lot of faith uh, together between each other. So that's, you know, that's rough. And there's not necessarily a guy who, who other guy who fits that more. And they've still got Ty Freifogel. I think it was, you know, last year's Big Ten wide receiver of the year. I think uh, uh, second team, I can't remember if he was coaches or media, first team on the other. And uh, he was an All-American as well. And he he's still solid. I mean, and he had a bad week against Cincinnati. Had, I think, three drops in that game. Uh, but turned around 10 catches, 98, you know, res- 10 catches, 98 yards against Western Kentucky, you know, looked kind of like himself again, too. Uh, you know, that's a big thing that helped, I think, Michael Penix feel like himself uh, was that, that he was able to get open. He was able to make some plays. So he still has his most reliable wide receiver. Uh, but then at this point, they've got, to, they've got to look for somebody else. And Matthews was even a guy that was, again, he was really good in the punt return game. He had taken one all the way back against Idaho. When he was at Florida State, he took one back against Miami a couple years back. Um, so dynamic guy. Uh, and they've got to find, you know, something else, somebody else, uh, basically to, to make some plays. They have some options. Um, there are two outside receivers, Miles Marshall and Cameron Buckley are two guys that have, have, uh, a lot of experience. Uh, Buckley was a Texas A&M transfer. He, you know, he played pretty well for them. Marshall's a big six, four guy. And I think he caught like 30 passes last year. He had a, a pretty good night on Saturday. I think he, I want to say six for 54 somewhere in that range um so i think he's like kind of the next best wide receiver uh got a couple dudes jacoby hewitt and javon swinton who actually had some big catches in last year's uh penn state game um that uh that, that have become i think more trustworthy over time hewitt got some plays uh on saturday so that there are some options there are some guys uh that they can look at but after fry fogel there's not anybody that is as um as dynamic as proven uh so that's a that's a big thing uh that i'm going to be watching for certainly this week to see if somebody steps up in the receiving game to become uh you know basically a more trustworthy receiver uh for Penix and, and if anybody at all really becomes the deep threat. I mean Penix uh Fry Fogel is really good in the intermediates. Um he's capable of winning some jump balls uh, of, of beating people that way. Uh basically if you could go up over top and he can you know take it over a, a really good cornerback. Uh but he's not necessarily scorching guys on a seam route that you know that, that nobody right. can touch. Uh, he's, he's generally, if you're going deep to fry foe, he's probably got to win a combat catch. He'll win a lot of those, uh, but they haven't done a great job at that so far. That's, that's something that was, they were very good at last year. They're even pretty good at camp. Um, but you haven't seen, you know, one of those basically where you're, where you're throwing at the fry foe and he's covered and he goes over top of somebody 40 yards downfield. Uh, you know, that's not a thing that you've seen quite yet. They've, they've tried a couple and it just hasn't, they haven't timed it up. Um, he's either dropped one or it's been over his head or it just hasn't connected. So all of that is 
um, stuff that they've been waiting to put together and they're going to need somebody other than DJ Matthews to do it. Cause again, he's the one guy that you've seen run by somebody so far this year. Tom Allen's defenses, teams in general, are always well coached. I think you've mentioned the offensive line is a good unit, but they're not really anything that'll blow you away. They're always, from offense and defense, always seem very well coached, very crisp team. But the defense especially is that time in and time out. Is that the case this year? Because I know there's been some hiccups uh, on both sides of the football this year. Have you seen the same consistency from them? And if if so or if not, what what has been the issue on that side of the ball? You know, they've been pretty good. I mean, they haven't overwhelmed everybody, and you haven't seen the turnovers. I mean, that was really the big thing that got them going last season. You know, they, they got a lot of short fields. They got a lot of points off turnovers. Uh, you know, they led the Big Ten in interceptions. They led, they led the Big Ten in total turnovers. I think they were top 15 in the country in that category uh, and very good at creating havoc. Also had a lot of sacks last year. A lot of them coming on blitzes. Didn't get a lot of them from the defensive line, but, you know, linebackers, defensive backs, uh, they were able to get a lot of that done. They haven't been as good at that this year, but they have had some big moments defensively. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, again, big moments against Idaho, uh, had some key plays, especially early. I mean, Cincinnati was really struggling uh, to move the football before Micah McFadden got taken out on the targeting call, uh, which is a big point of discussion. It was actually a big point of discussion, um, even watching the the, uh, the Penn State game on Saturday when you saw the targeting call on the Auburn guy that was a little shaky. Um, that, uh, that, that was, that was a big moment. I think Cincinnati had maybe had two first downs up until that point. They didn't have a first down in the first quarter. I mean, Cincinnati was barely moving the, the ball and McFadden goes down and all of a sudden that opened up a lot really for Desmond Ritter. Um, so McFadden has been, McFadden has been the core of it too. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's, you know, you could see the value, uh, that he had when, when you, you took him out. He was clearly, um, for a lot of the game against Western Kentucky, clearly the best player. I mean, um, they struggled as a group with Western Kentucky's tempo. I mean, they, they go five wides, four wides, uh, up tempo, you know, run to the you know ball and snap it, you know, before you get set, everything like that. And McFadden was able to kind of know where at least he was supposed to go. I mean, he was trying to line everybody up and that wasn't easy, but he was still able to kind of get, you know, slide past some people and make plays, get tackles for loss, you know, kind of stop Western Kentucky's tempo by making plays in the backfield. Um, and you didn't really see anybody else doing that. But he's he's been high level. When your middle linebacker is high level, uh, that does help everything else go. I mean, the defensive line has been pretty good. Um, uh, you know, not dominant, but Ryder Anderson, the transfer from Ole Miss, has been really, really effective and, and has come in. He, you know, he was um, – not necessarily an all the time guy for Ole Miss, you know, made, it made some plays, but wasn't necessarily anybody that looked like he wasn't an all SEC defensive end or anything like that. Um, but he's been really sturdy for them, made some big plays, had some key sacks. Uh, so they've got, you know, kind of a, a premium guy on, on the, on the defensive line. Uh, but, but McFadden has really been the guy who who's made them go. They're still strong in the defensive, uh, in the defensive backfield. I mean, they've got three all big 10 guys that came back this year um, in the Taiwan Mullen, the all American uh, Jalen Williams, who has, a, who has, a concussion against Western Kentucky, so we don't know about his status yet uh, for Saturday. But also uh, Devon Matthews, though Matthews also missed some time. He got a, we think it was a stinger against Iowa. He, he you know, basically was down for a little while, got up, you know, was walking on his own power, but seemed to be kind of shaking his hands a little bit. Uh, and he spent the weekend in in the hospital, so that was, you know piecing things together, even though they won't flat out say it, that's what it seemed like. Um, but uh, so he's gotten back the last couple of weeks uh, to being able to play. Um, so those, those guys are all legit. And they've, uh, Raheem Lane, I think, has played really well um, as a guy who was a converted cornerback, missed all last year um, with a knee injury. I think it was an ACL. 
And, uh, you know, that defensive backfield is pretty solid. They usually don't get crunched in the defensive backfield. They had some moments on Saturday. Western Kentucky just generally gets everybody. Um, you know, I think Bailey Zapp had thrown for 10 touchdowns in the first two weeks through for an obnoxious number of yards when he was at Houston Baptist before he made this, this transfer. And he's going to just put up, you know, un- ungodly numbers in that league uh, this year in, in Conference USA, is I believe, where they still are. So, um, they're still it's it's still a strong defensive backfield. Mullen made I think some really key plays uh, at moments when they really need to have them to, to preserve that game. Uh, you know, so so Mullen and McFadden are the real thing. The rest have not been as dominant as they were a year ago. I think the loss of Jamar Johnson, who went to the NFL, was a fifth round pick by the Broncos. I think was significant. Yeah. They haven't necessarily seen they haven't had somebody that, that's ball hawked quite like Johnson did last year. Um, and so that's taken some getting used to. But generally, yes, the, the defense is still stronger than the offense. Uh, even in the games they've lost, uh, they've had some really good moments defensively. How, uh, I guess th- that would be my question, then you probably just answered it, my follow-up of, so we know Taiwan Mullen is a talented football player. We know Mike McFadden's a talented football player. Uh, but Penn State has a couple of, of good receivers. Do you think that that yeah. secondary is deep enough to match up with Penn State? Or is it more about the scheme and the sum of the parts? Um, it's a tough question because, it, it, you know, if they don't have Williams, they're going to be digging into their depth a little bit. And uh, they, they also had a depth guy go down, uh, Chris Keys. I believe he's a... See, a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore. One, it hasn't been around very long, but it's a guy they really like. Um, it, it wasn't super highly rated, but, it, you know, one of those dudes that, you know, from the time he got on, it's like this this guy is going to be your next lockdown corner. Uh, you know, he got a lot of work in the Idaho game because, um, you know, Williams was kind of on sketchy ground. I think, I, I don't know if he had a leg or a knee or whatever it was, but he, he got some work in there. Uh, and, and he landed awkwardly, you know, leaping for a ball and tore his ACL. So he was kind of the next man up. Um, so they're digging a little bit deeper, kind of the next guy they go to. You know, they have three cornerbacks that are part of their sort of their sort of main rotation. When they when they go to nickel, usually Mullen moves inside uh, to nickel, and it's Reese Taylor and Jalen Williams to stay on the outside. They kind of go big, and you know, another guy didn't mention is Mar- Marcelino McCreary Ball. They're husky. You know, yeah. they kind of go big and go small with that secondary, where it's it was usually two linebackers. It's a four-two-five uh, formation, but they can either go nickel with kind of a smaller guy with really a third corner, or they can go. Um, but their other sort of nickel option is, you know, using using the Husky, who's who's kind of a linebacker safety hybrid. Right. Uh, Marcelino Ball is a huge dude. If you've ever seen that guy, uh, I've been a fan of his for a while. I, yeah, I've liked him for a bit. He had an ACL last yeah. year, right? How has he come back yeah, from that? Uh, he's been good so far. It, it, he seems healthy, claims to be healthy. Doesn't uh, ha- hasn't you know said that there's anything holding him back. Um, you haven't seen huge plays for him yet, but, he, but he's had a couple. He's he, he's been there, and certainly he's just a tough dude who can cover. Uh, you know, has, has made some key plays, some key times. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's you know getting back into it, getting back into the flow. Maybe not as dominant as he was before the injury, but uh, still making some plays. But, but still just making that uh, secondary more you know just more versatile. Just just having a big body uh, like that that can, that can cover, but also step up in the run. Uh, you know, be part of that when he has to to kind of you know bring the bulk that you, you you don't have when you don't have a third linebacker. Yeah, it's, it sounds like injuries have been a real problem for Indiana so far this year. And, and a little bit last year, I you know, I, I always like watching those those slot safety hybrids because you're always trying to... I always say the 11th defender is the most important on the field because if you can find that guy right. that can play the slot and can also play the run, you found mm. the key to your defense that you can, you can feel, right. if you're a defensive co- coordinator, you can feel whole knowing that you've got a guy right. that is good at both. So Ball has always been a right. guy I've had my eye on. Uh, so that's, that's, that's interesting to see how quarterback and 
uh, slot hybrid player come back from ACLs very differently. It, it's just, it, yeah. it, I find that kind of stuff super interesting. In this game, yeah. I think, go ahead. With go that, ahead. I, I also, part of it is the timing. Uh, uh, McCrary Ball injured his his knee before the season, and yeah. Penix injured it deep into the season. So McCrary Ball had a lot more time uh, to rehab. I don't think he got any work in the spring. Um, if, if he did, it wasn't much, but obviously he had a lot more time. Uh, you know, just just had that whole season. Whereas you know, yeah. Penix was healthy up until I think it was November thirtieth uh, was the Maryland game, which usually is the end of your season. Obviously, last year was a little bit different um, you know, with schedules and everything like that. But I, I I don't know. I think they played one game after that, and then the bowl game. Um, so you know that that's another part of it too. Is McCrary Ball has just had a, had a lot mm-hmm. less. But there's also you know um, you know again, it's it is a different game. And you know, McCrary Ball, I think he had a uh, no contact jersey on for most of camp. Um, but it's different. You're still running around with everybody. You're still chasing yeah. everybody. You're still going to fall over people. Um, even if they're told not to hit you, not to block you, you know, be, be nice to you basically uh, in the secondary. That's not as sure of a thing as it is where when you're behind the offensive line and everybody's like, no, 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 no. Nobody come close to this guy. No, no, no one's blowing the whistle to make sure, Mark, you know, McCrary ball didn't get hit. Right. Um, it was just, you know, this is a this is a very very strong recommendation we're making right here. Whereas uh, <laughs> quarterback is an absolute requirement. If you hit this man, you are off this football team. Um, not quite, but you know, it was it was made clear to the defensive line. If anybody touches him, you guys all run. Every single one of you. Like not not just the guy who hit him, but everybody else in the team. The whole defense is running if the quarterback gets hit. Um, so you know, uh, McCrary Ball was sort of get used to the feel and, and you didn't see the jitters or anything like that um, at that point. So uh, what is, yeah. I guess we'll wrap up with a couple questions. Have you seen Penn state and what have your thoughts been of them? If you have uh, a little, yeah, just for sake of, you know, I'm an alum. I was texting with my old roommate, you know, when uh, uh, for most of the Auburn game. And I want to say, who else did I see? them play? Um, I feel like uh, I didn't get to see much of the Wisconsin game a little bit, but mostly the, the most extensive uh, work I've seen from them, um, you know, was the Auburn game. Uh, you know, obviously, Jahan Dawson was is just phenomenal. I mean, there's I, I, I can't you know, they, they've had some good wide receivers over the last you know, 15, 20 years. But uh, this, this the catches he's able to make are, are, are just incredible. So, like as you mentioned, that that is going to be a tough assignment. Uh, it's a fun matchup. If, if you imagine, you know, Mullen on him, uh, you know, that's that's yeah. two Good big time guys, uh, right there. Um, tight ends name of the tight end is uh, escaping me. That Brenton Strange, place. Who was, yes, Brenton Strange was big time, uh, big time on Saturday night against Auburn. I think just their use of them, their the ability to find him, he was wide open, you know, on, on a lot of those, which is the fact that the offense, you know, uh, the scheme managed to get him in good positions, uh, to make some plays. That Sean Clifford managed to, to find him to make some plays, uh, I think was impressive. And I think, uh, uh something I think you, you said early on, um, you know, Clifford seems like a little bit of a different guy. I don't mean, I don't think you look at him and say that everything is, is fixed and that, that you're, you know, looking at him as, uh, you know, as, as an all American type necessarily. But, you know, it, I think if you're a Penn state fan, you are much more confident um, in Clifford right now than you were a year ago. You know, you're, a lot of your sort of nervousness when he drops back and think, Oh my God, he's going to get picked again. Uh, there's less of that. I don't know if it's removed, but I, I imagine generally there's there is more of more confidence if you're a Penn State fan and seeing what uh, uh, what Clifford does. Um, you know, I, I, it obviously makes a huge difference. You know, having Noah Kane, basically having somebody they can trust back there, uh, running back as opposed to last year where you lose Journey Brown in the offseason with uh, his heart condition, um, and then Kane goes down in the first game against Indiana. Um, 
obviously they're, they're a better team because they have a running back they can trust. Um, you know, Parker Washington is another guy that impresses me as a possession wide receiver, a guy that just finds a way to get open on those intermediate routes uh, and keeps drives going. I and mean, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. They're obviously doing a lot more. They're, they're creative. Um, you know, throwing the fullback uh, back there is sort of in the wild. Do you even call it a wildcat when it's the fullback? You know, um, I had a conversation about this, and I don't know because he's a former high school quarterback. He plays tight end. Right. I called it the Tim Tebow really package. That's actually a really good point. That's that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. So that guy, I mean, you know, I think that's one thing that's that stood out to me listening to uh, you know Indiana's defensive coaches talking about dealing with them this week is it, it, it's it's the stuff that you never used to hear about a Penn, a Penn State offense. It's like you know formations. They you know they do this stuff. They do that stuff. They do tempo. And you're like, who 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 is this team I'm talking about? Who are these guys? Uh, this is not my school. This doesn't sound like what I grew up watching. You know, and um, but it's it, they they are nervous about it, and I think um, nervous maybe isn't the word, but I, I think they are really glad they played an up tempo team uh, this week in Western Kentucky, and they, they you know I, I know Brandon Shelby, the corner cornerbacks coach, was like you know it, it feels like uh, you know we uh, we touched our hand on the stove, you know we we had to be reminded how tough this is because they got burned by Ole Miss in the old in the Outback Bowl, um, you know with with up tempo. I mean they were really struggling, especially in the heat at the end of the year. Um, you know, having been used to kind of Indiana winter at that point, um, getting out there in Florida and having to deal with that tempo, they had a problem. And it was almost like they kind of forgot about it. Um, and, you know, like guys, you know, Shelby said, you know, guys were, were running, you know, against Western Kentucky. And they're like, Coach, we really got to do this. And he's like, yes, yes, you do. You have no idea what's coming for you. And then they got, you know, gassed. And it basically was like this week, he's like, see, see what I said? You know, run. Don't, don't, you know, like you are going to have to be ridiculously well conditioned to, uh, last in this game. And Penn State certainly is going to be able to play power football better where Western Kentucky was not was not able to beat them that way. Uh, when, when, when Western Kentucky was trying to pick up, you know, I think there was a, there was a really big fourth and short where when you know, Western Kentucky was rolling and Indiana stoned them. And, you know, if, if they pick that up, it's a different ball game. But, you know, Indiana was able to win up front there. You know, they were they had like three three jumbo dudes in the back, you know, the backfield and whatever. And Indiana still, you know, flat out wins that because they're, they're going to win up front um, when it's sort of straight up man to man. And, you know, you're trying to run the ball up their gut. They, they weren't great at doing that. They had some they had some big chunk runs. But when it came down to it, when they knew they were going to run the ball, Indiana was generally able to stop them. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, like Penn State's going to pick those up and, they're going to be able to fling it and they're going to be able to run it up a tempo. Um, so it, it is, uh, it is a more difficult thing. So I don't, I don't expect it to be as wide open and wild as Western Kentucky is. Um, but the fact that they have that in their game plan is, is something that Indiana is uh, that they know they have to be ready for. They've gotten beat by it before and they know they've got to do a lot better than they have uh, in the past against the tempo. Well, one last question for you. What are the keys to this game, in your opinion? What are the things you're looking for? If X happens, then Indiana wins, or if X happens, then Penn State wins. What are you looking at? I mean, I, that, that I think is key one. I mean, if, if, if Indiana to have a chance uh, has to be able to slow that, slow down that tempo. Um, that that's kind of the biggest issue. Is they've got to be able to slow down that, that tempo. They they can't just get they can't get run out of the building like that. They've they've got to be able to you know make stops. You know keep keep Penn State from being in a situation where they can just, you know, get the, get the ball set and run, you know, and roll. Like they, they've got to, you know, break up some passes, force some incompletions, uh, you know, keep that from from being the way they play and, you know, keep them behind the chains. You know, don't give up a lot on the ground either. I mean, they, they've just got to stop Penn State from getting rolling offensively. And, um, you know, basically – Penix got to throw for a bunch. I mean, he's got to be able to carry them, um, and it's it's going to be hard for 
Indiana to figure out what it's doing without Matthews. Uh, that that is not going to be an easy for them, easy thing for them to do. Uh, you know, just you know, kind of find, develop playmakers, and, and really they got to get contributions from everywhere. Um, you know, basically every wide receiver has to do something for them to have a shot. Um, I mean, Indiana's behind the eight ball. Uh, uh, you know, just not not going to lie about that piece of, of being in a situation where you've, you've got to make up for losing a guy like that and do it against an offense that that is, you know, that that's clicking pretty well. Uh, that was able to really move the ball against an SEC team last week. Um, so, I mean, like Penix got to be phenomenal um, for Indiana to win and the defense has to not give up, temp, you know, not, not let tempo get on top of them. If those two things don't happen, Penn State wins. Basically, if 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 Penix doesn't go crazy on them, um, and they don't you know, also, you know, Penn State can't turn the ball over, but that's obvious. Um, yeah, but I was going to say X, Y, and Z has to happen for Indiana win to win, but that happened last year, so it it can right, happen. Yeah, um, so as long as X, Y, and Z don't happen, uh, as long as yeah, as long as the tragic stuff doesn't happen, Penn State should win. Uh, basically, without if they're not. If they don't turn the ball over now, again, if, if Clifford does, you know, if, if Clifford throws the ball away, Clifford throws the ball in the hands of, of Indiana guys and sets them up with short fields and the end is going to take advantage. And they've got guys, they've got guys with good ball skills. Uh, they're capable of disguising coverages. They're capable of, of, of throwing stuff at them that can keep them off balance. I think Clifford's better at that than he was a year ago. Um, but you know, they burned him on that a few times. You know, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of, I'm, I'm remembering watching that game and I, and I was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't covering it. I was just watching it. But I remember just a couple of plays by Clifford. Like, what were you doing? Like, what did you see there? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so you can't be in that situation. It can't be a deal where, you know, like you're, you're throwing the ball into double coverage or triple coverage or whatever. And, and or, or just missing that, that someone is where, you know, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be. You know, that that I think is, it's just the key for Penn State is just, just don't make mistakes is, is sort of the biggest thing is just don't put Indiana in, in advantage situations. Obviously, Indiana can turn it around. Um, you know, again, Indiana is in a situation where, again, they just got burned by Tempo last week. You're going to throw that 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 at them again. And uh, they're in a situation where they've, they've got to find a new playmaker and their quarterback is still getting back to being himself. You, you have the advantage in that case. Um, so it's just if, if Penn State doesn't throw it away, they should win but they can't throw it away. Dustin DePirik of the Indy Star and the Bloomington Herald Times. Thanks for coming on the show today. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for having me. We'll be back tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Uh, Ryan Snyder's best bets coming up, as well as some recruiting news. There is some more stuff on the horizon, so stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow on the BWI Daily Edition.